Podcast Network. Okay. Welcome. Thank you. There you go. It's an audio <laughs> medium. So you talk, you make noises, and that's how people interact with you via this art form that we ah. call podcasting. It's nice to be here. Yeah, thank you. It's been a long time. It has. It's been a very long time. So this year, I've already told this story on the podcast uh, at least once, but this year when I was going through and looking at how many episodes we were going to have in a year and when they were going to drop and trying to plan out like, oh, this is a good time to do this kind of movie and whatever. I noticed that we had three episodes that would drop on the birthdays of some of our favorite guests. Uh, and yours was one of them. Yours is the Yay! third. So I guess without further ado, uh, hello, excellent humans. Welcome to another birthday episode of Hate Watch, Great Watch. I am your host today, Hunter Bush. And with me for her third time... Yeah, it is, isn't is, it? <laughs> yeah. Is my mother, Lynette Note. Welcome back. Why, thank you for having me. And as I mentioned, it is your birthday today. It's Yay! definitely not summer. Yay. It's definitely not humid. And we're definitely not running both an air conditioner and a fan. <laughs> Neither. None yeah, of those things are. is true. It's so weird. It's uh, October. It's October. And it's a Wednesday. <laughs> and it's a Wednesday. And you, I was like, hey, so, you know, we usually do like alien movies so far, two out of two. Yes, you, we, we love. Do you love to talk about aliens? We like to talk about aliens with you. My people. <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's October. Maybe pick like a spookier thing or like a spooky alien movie. And what, what film have you chosen? You can say whatever <laughs> words leading up to it that you want, but you do uh -huh. eventually have to build to saying the name of the movie. That's, okay. that's generally how it's done. <laughs> But I'll, uh, let's go again. Uh, I thought I was awesome. So, yeah, go yeah, ahead. You're, you're always on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. my. Yeah, I was trying to, you know, choose something that was for the season, for October. And, you know, is it something autumn-y or is it something Halloween-y? And I thought, Bell Book and Candle, about witches right which yes to your Yay. credit to to be fair it's a witch movie witches are spooky historically that's yeah yes. but it's a christmas movie you picked yes, a christmas movie <laughs> how funny is that when i i haven't seen it in years and years and years and when i put it on and i said oh my god it's christmas <laughs> i started to laugh yeah and i thought well it's still witchy. You it know? is. And it's actually appropriate because, as you see, we have gifts of gifts for you for your birthday. Christmas. <laughs> for Christmas, yeah. <laughs> but go ahead, open your gifts. Really? Yeah, yeah, open them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> this is your birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to cut this out, but. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Bell, book, and candle. Here we are. In this economy. What do you mean? <laughs> it's a it's a joke. It's a Oh, okay. You know, when the economy started to take a shit recently, uh, uh -huh. the joke online became like, 
it's usually two things, but works for three. It's like this and this in this account. But it was like when a movie would come out and it would be like Holmes and Watson in theaters on Friday. It's like Holmes and Watson in this economy, meaning like I can't afford that. Both of them. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. So this is Bell Book and, and Candle, Candle? Yeah. in this economy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bell Book and Candle. 1958. Uh, directed by Richard Quine. It is rated approved. Doesn't Ooh. actually have a live. It was pre pre like yeah, letter yeah, rating. Yeah, so. Yeah. It was approved, meaning it is a film. <laughs> <laughs> really? Is that what it means? Yeah, yeah. Approved means it. It means it's approved by the Motion Picture Academy. You know, right? Like they're like this isn't pornography or uh, I don't know what else they were afraid of then. I guess communist propaganda, maybe. Or the f- late fifties was were we still concerned with communists? Was that still you know a thing? what? I I this movie came out after. You know the story about. You're leaning so far away from the mic. You well, have to talk to the are microphone. We, are we talking on... That's what the podcast basically is, well, oh, is us talking. <laughs> I thought we were just talking between you can still ourselves. Just, yeah, you can still just talk to me. You're like, leaned away. You're like, <laughs> you're like so anyway, uh, I just want to tell you this one <laughs> Now, you know the story about Jimmy Stewart? Anyway. I think it was after, during, I'm trying to remember, the, I think it was in the 40s. He went to Tibet. I don't know if he was looking for spiritual oh is this the the yeti the thing? yeti thing yes. that what do you know any more about that like is he that... saw a thing he says it was a yeti foot or yeah. was it the, a foot it or was, a hand well or they were yeah. afraid it was going to be taken like the nazis were yeah you know it might be coming through yeah. and stuff they gave it to uh jimmy stewart for safekeeping oh i don't know if i See, ever heard I, that I, I heard he saw it and I said I be- he had seen it. I believe he took it, but I don't remember that part. Who he took it to? He 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 carried it with. Him. All right, who would be? All right, who would be the funniest person for Jimmy Stewart to have given a Yeti <laughs> hand to? Is Alfred Hitchcock? Alfred Hitchcock liked Jimmy Stewart a yeah. lot. Maybe You're that's like, why. Hey, Alfred, I got this, got this weird package for you. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Some kind of Yeti hand. <laughs> Yeah, he brought it. I I'm pretty sure he brought it to the U.S. But I that's I'll have to look up yeah. the. I, I remember that he had seen one and swore up and down like I saw it. It was crazy, but yeah. uh, I don't remember him bringing it back. Yeah, he, he might turned have dropped it into it, an ashtray. You know, it could have been like a, he took it to uh, England or something on his way home. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. not sure where it was dropped, but yeah. I believe that's the story. But sure. I've, I've meant to investigate that further. I think it's fascinating. I'll remind you to look it up. And and the fact that it's Jimmy Stewart, you know, it makes it so believable. Right. It's like if it's like if it happened to Tom Hanks now. Right. Yeah, it's that kind of guy. Tom Hanks is like, I was on vacation in the Virgin Islands and somebody gave me a sea monster flipper? I don't know what to do with this. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's why they gave it to him was because they wanted it taken out of the country. Yeah. Because the you, war you've been was, very yeah, clear on, yeah. on their motiva- on the motivations of this possibly fictional event. Yes. Well, it's well, the uh, it was the monks, the band, the monks from the sixties. They're pretty <laughs> the, good. The monks that had the yeti foot. I'm sorry. Are you trying to activate me with a code phrase? <laughs> <laughs> the monks have the yeti foot. The chair cannot touch the wall. What? Oh, it's also this is hours ago. First mentioned the yep. film and its uh, its details, but it is uh, one hour and forty six minutes in runtime. So yeah, this is a Christmas movie for Halloween. For Halloween, 
It's like the department stores, and well, we don't even have department stores anymore. Not really, no. All the stores, you know, at Christmas, at, at Halloween. Yeah, the day after Halloween, they started decorating for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now they start decorating and selling Halloween stuff in, like, mid-August. Oh, please, money. Give us more money. Sucks. Everything sucks. Capitalism's terrible. It is. We're not talking about that. We're talking about Bell Book and Candle. Candle. So it is the story of a witch, Gillian Holroyd, played by Kim Novak. And she's kind of lonely, and she kind of wants to meet somebody special. And she lives in an apartment building. In New York. In New York. With... Her, it's her mother, Queenie, right? I think it's her aunt. aunt I'm not maybe? sure. Yeah, Queenie, played by Elsa Lanchester. Yeah, she's so sweet. You know she who Elsa Lanchester is, right? Who? It's the Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I knew that. Uh huh. She's in a lot of stuff besides Bride of Frankenstein. She's in Mary Poppins. She's in the right. original Willard. She's in that darn cat. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. So that's Queenie. Nikki, Nikki doesn't live with them, right? He lives somewhere else. He's got his own place. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh-huh. Nikki is her brother, played by Jack Lemmon. Right. He's... Who I did not... I, I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid, kid. Like, Yeah, you were like 10, probably like 10 12. or 12. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So I, I totally didn't remember Jack Lemmon at all being in this. Um, he's so fucking weird. <laughs> it's so weird in it. Uh-huh. Uh, he's well, a... who is he hanging around with? Bongo, oh. Bongo Beatniks and Witches. And Ernie Kovacs. Eventually, he's hanging out with Ernie Kovacs. Yeah. Now, answer me this. Why do I know who Ernie Kovacs is? Because Granddad loved him. Right, but what? Did when he just you, talk about him all the time? Or? Well, when you talked about me, he... Was he always he, like, that Ernie Kovacs sure is... Because I was like, oh, I know Ernie Kovacs. What do I know him from? And I went to look him up, and I'm like, I don't know a single... I know he was on, like, Carson and stuff. And yeah, I was like, there's like a that, 50-50 you... that I just know him from being on late night shows. I used to watch reruns of Johnny Carson when I was a kid, like... It's the middle of the night, and uh, I never sleep, so I would watch. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, like, you know. Yeah, he was on TV and stuff, but, yeah. like, it was never. I mean, he had an Ernie Kovacs show, but I never saw that. That was in, like. I don't know yeah. why, but Granddad used to bring him up from time to time. Like, things that he liked about him yeah. and just mentioned things back. In, and that was, like, a long, long time ago. Yeah, because I was just like, so I was like, oh. I'll have to, I'll when have I saw, to think that. When I saw his name in the credits, I was like, oh, Ernie Kovacs. And he showed up, and I was like. That's definitely Ernie Kovacs. He's so funny and yeah. he's so bizarre. It's such a weird performance. Yeah, also, also very weird. Like they're both he and Jack Lemmon are both doing like they're, they're really acting. Like they're like this character is whatever, uh-huh. but let's give him a bunch of like quirks and dimension and stuff by just like this performance. Like so, Ernie Kovacs. I we'll get to it, but I thought initially that his performance was that he was like enchanted and was kind of like out of it from being like bewitched to come to New York from South America uh-huh. or whatever. But uh, I don't think that's actually true, because the rest of the movie, he still acts basically the same. And then they're also, he's constantly drinking, so I'm like, oh, is he supposed to just be, like, sauced? Wait. But also, Jack Lemmon the whole time is like, hmm, like, he's, like, mugging all the time. He's making uh-huh. these, like, enormous faces, like, big smiles, big eyebrows. It's like, it's so funny and weird. Well, when you see this, and you see uh, Ernie Kovacs' uh, performance, yeah. you can't help but wonder if Johnny Depp didn't take a, a bit from him oh yeah in in his performances oh yeah i mean i mean johnny depp's all across the board but yeah, yeah there's definitely in, in, a lot in, of, in some yeah he's kind of like soft-spoken and kind of does that like and the eyes like yeah big the, yeah like, pop, pop his eyes a little bit mm-hmm. he does that like sh- shuffly shoulder thing when he's like just standing there talking to somebody like Ugh. 
So yes, Gillian Gill lives in this apartment building, but the first floor is her curios shop. Like right. knickknacks and international items. Like it's I a lot of like tribal masks and stuff she has. But yeah, it's, I mean, the implication I think is that it's all magical stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's all great. The The opening credits for the film are really great. They're like one long take through the shop. And it's like a shot of, you know, a mask on a wall. And it's like James Stewart, his name will come up next to one mask. And then it pans over and it's, you know, a different mask, Kim Novak. And then it goes up to another mask, it's Jack Lemon with another, you know, like you know, moves down and around and goes to a shelf full of, like, knickknacks, and it's like, this, you know, carving of an elephant or something is this guy, and, like, whatever. And I was like, oh, it's it's cool. It's an interesting little credit sequence set in the actual store, Mm -hmm. as opposed to doing, like, just title cards or whatever, or or animation or, you know, something. And then the camera pans, and it goes up high. Yeah. And up on, you know, there's a mask or something, and... Pie Wacket is up there. Yeah, there's a uh, a shelf with a cat bed like sort of thing on it, and Pie Wacket, the Siamese cat, is. Where on did it. the Siamese cat come from? So no. I read that they did extensive casting with cats with cats because they cats. needed they needed like I think I read something crazy like sixteen cats to perform all the things in the mm-hmm. movie, and I read that before I watched the film. So when I was watching it, I was like, oh, for the most part, you can't really tell. Like, all the cats kind of look the same. But there is one, I guess, the cat that they trained to, like, cross a room really fast. Was darker? It was darker. I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> Had, like, I, more I, brown and less yeah, tan. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I noticed that. And I was like, hmm. And I think it was a bigger cat, too. It looked, it looked bigger than, than the others. But anyway. Okay, but, uh, yeah. But, yeah, you know, there's, like, one cat that, like, meows on command. There's... That's why I thought they were all black. No. I thought it was a black, black cat. cat. That's and the, that that's just, the cliche. That's how long ago... It was that I saw that movie. Yeah, you mentioned before we watched this, after you picked it, you're like, yeah. yeah, and the black cat and whatever. And I'm like, well, the cover's got a Siamese cat. I know. And I was like, I well, just... maybe there's two cats. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember. Maybe like one's magic and one's not. <laughs> well, I thought, too. I, thought... I was like, wait, maybe does he have a cat? And then she has, has a, cat, a cat. And hers is magic and his is just like a Siamese cat. Well, black cat would be easier to... I saw a thing. Well, that was what uh, they did on the Sabrina the Teenage Witch show. They had a bunch of trained black cats, and then they had that cat puppet. I saw a, like a thing of like little clips from Hollywood. They had a cast calling for cats. Yeah, and all these. Oh, it's a hundred people like lined up with yeah, their cats with yeah. black cats on yeah. on leashes. I've seen uh-huh. that. Yeah, but I was just pleasantly surprised when Pie Wacket turned out to be a Siamese. A Siamese yeah. So it's Christmas time. It's Christmas Eve. Yeah, Gillian wants to. Meet somebody, and she kind of, like, makes a vague wish. We, we see her doing actual witchcraft later, and it's a lot more specified and intentional. This is kind of mm-hmm. a vague, like, oh, Pie Wacket, I, you know, wish I wish I could meet somebody, somebody interesting. I'm so bored with, you know, nor- I guess normal witch guys. The witch, the witch dating scene in New York yeah. <laughs> kind of limited and boring, I guess. She was watching Jimmy Stewart coming and going. Yeah. And he and lives upstairs. Yeah, he he's had a, a he's a book publisher in the city. And he had a presence about him that she was attracted to. Yeah, he's great. He's Jimmy Stewart. He really does. Like he, you know. He has a gravitas. Like yes. he, like I know it's cliche and whatever, but there's not you're probably not gonna get a movie star like Jimmy Stewart again. Like Tom Hanks is close. It's he's affable and you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But even Tom Hanks has to make dumb popcorn movies, like he can't just play leading men. Like we, yeah. uh, the movie industry has killed the like mid-budget feature where you can just have like two people 
a cute story. They meet, fall in love. There's some minor roadblocks, and then everything resolves at the end. Like mm-hmm. it's got to be franchisable, and it's got to get all four corners of the market, and all this crap. And you yeah. know, it, it, everything is just so commodified and stuff. It, it stinks. Watching this, I was like, oh yeah, like Jimmy Stewart really just has presence. He comes comes on screen. He's interesting to watch. Yeah. Just holds your attention. He's not doing anything crazy. He's not fucking cut. He's not got, you know, fucking yeah, yeah. his eight uh-huh. pack out, you know, or whatever. <laughs> He's just like an interesting guy. Yeah. And like Kim Novak's beautiful. She's very like unique looking. She mm. always kind of like, she mm-hmm. kind of looks like she's sneering. Yeah. Yeah. She's very arresting looking. Yeah. She sees him. She makes this kind of, you know, thing. And he goes upstairs to his apartment. And he comes home from work. Goes up to his apartment and Queenie's in there, <laughs> and she's got some fucking bullshit story about like, I love oh, the her. door was open and there was snow coming in from your window. I came in to close it. This is a nice place you got here. And he's like, yeah, that's great. Would you get out of it? <laughs> Which is like a di- yeah. like actual dialogue from the film, and it made me really laugh very hard. <laughs> and he's always, you know, so oh, polite. Uh, polite. Yeah, exactly. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's funny how he. I enjoyed how he got his point across. Oh, yeah, he's very... Being very kind, but still... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. I mean, it's this is well-written. Mm-hmm. It's based on a play. The play is by John Van Druten, and the screenplay is uh, Daniel Taradash. About the play, uh, the author, John Van Druten, uh, said in an interview that originally Bell, Book, and Candle was... Uh, a more serious play and he says and then i asked myself what constitutes witchcraft and i felt the answer lies in the fact that witches primarily seem to exist for their own self-gratification however one has to stop living in terms of self if aspects of love are ever to be realized and that was how he came about like the idea for the yeah. for the play and uh, the screenwriter daniel taradash wrote uh, from here to eternity oh he won an oscar for that mm-hmm. pretty interesting yeah, yeah. Um, this was nominated for two oscars uh, best art direction and best costume. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, which I could see. Art Co- direction, both and of costume. them. I think. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Like the the men are mostly in suits and stuff, but mm-hmm. the 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 Zodiac Club. Yeah. <laughs> some some great both art direction and costuming at the Zodiac Club. Uh-huh. Uh, and also a fun fact: Saul Sachs, the creator of Bewitched, admitted that he quote drew on Bell Book and Candle as inspiration uh, for Bewitched. That's interesting. And apparently yeah. a, an earlier witch-themed film, I Married a Witch, from 1942. Yeah, I remember that. I never saw that. But both of those, he was like, I can, I can make a show out of this. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there's a quote from one of the screenwriters who said, he was pretty honest about the fact that it wasn't a particularly original idea. <laughs> yeah, I'll see a movie and... Yeah, I'll make a TV series. Yeah, I could I could it. steal this idea. Yeah, yeah. Like, what if a normal guy, a Jimmy Stewart type, was married to a kooky blonde witch? Now looking at Darren, the Darrens, the Darrens. Yeah, <laughs> uh, was it Dick York and Dick Sargent? Both yeah, yeah, yeah. They were both dicks. Yep. Well, there's that joke in Wayne's World. Where he's like, "Wait a second, <laughs> Dick Sargent, Dick York, Sergeant York." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So fucking stupid. Why do I know this? <laughs> I don't It's know. like knowing who Ernie Kovacs is. It's like, it's just in there. It doesn't do me a bit of good to know these things. I've never won money from trivia. I've never saved anyone's life by being able to quote Wayne's World. And yet, there it is. Uh, but speaking of television stuff, in 1976, Bell, Book, and Candle was pitched as a sitcom. 
they made a pilot episode on NBC, but the cast, the supporting cast, included Doris Roberts. Huh. Would she have been Elsa Lancashire? She's credited as Aunt Enid. That's probably the probably same the character. Queenie yeah. character, yeah. Yeah. They probably wanted to put a fine point on she, her being an aunt. Yeah. And give her like a witchier, kind of kookier Enid, a kookier name, kind of. Because like, John Plachette is credited as Nikki, and there's other other characters in it that like lois and rosemary that are not in the film that i remember they're at the zodiac <laughs> yeah they might just be like incidental yeah, yeah. name drops but yeah but yeah doris roberts i was like oh right on hmm. and in 2006 walt disney planned to remake a film um and alicia keys was gonna star i could see that that would be that would have been interesting alicia keys uh i knew the name she's a, a musician Oh, okay. Piano uh-huh. and singing. Piano, yeah. Piano and vocals. She is, um, she, her name just came up in something. Yeah. Um, uh, Shepard Henderson is Jimmy Stewart. And Shep is like, well, would you please get out of my apartment. You know, I have a very important phone call. Queenie like goes over. She's like, oh, on this phone, this phone right here that I'm not doing anything weird to. And she like <laughs> looks at it and gestures at him, whatever, and then puts it down. And she leaves. And when he picks it up, it's just like gibberish, like these weird fucking noises. And he comes down to to the the first floor in uh, Gillian's uh, her shop. Yeah, he's like, you know, can I use your phone? And she's like, sure. So he calls to get a repair person out on Christmas Eve to fix his phone. And uh, I wrote down one of the dialogue things. He's like, yeah, my phone's got these weird sounds on it. He's like, I mean, they sound human or inhuman. And then there's a pause, and he goes. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is goblins. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they meet, really, officially, even though, you know, mm-hmm. they've probably met in passing. Like, she's, she's definitely flirting with him. She's also magic, so that helps, I guess. Yeah, did you feel like she sort of didn't know how to behave in a way? Did you pick that up yeah, in there's any a line... way? Like, her awkwardness, yeah. perhaps? Yeah, there's a line early on that, like, she wants to be, quote-unquote, like, normal. Yeah, like yeah, she, exactly. she wants to, you know, but Queenie tells her like it's just it doesn't work. Like, yeah, witches and normal people don't act the same. They can't be around each other. Exactly. Does it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's like that's her exemplifying that is like mm-hmm. she doesn't really know how to talk to this dude. But yeah, again, I, I thought that was an, an is, interesting yeah. way for her in her performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it, know, is, it, it was subtle, but it, it was, is. Yeah, you know, but in everything she does, and because uh, she's still playing it like sultry. And, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it's she's not like a brace faced teenager awkward. It's it's just like she doesn't know how to approach this like interaction with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting thing about her. Yeah, uh, and she she's like you know, there. would you like a drink? You know, and yeah. He's like, uh, you know, how about a rain check? And then Queenie comes in and mentions that they're going to the Zodiac Club and whatever. And he's like, oh, you know, where is that? And they're like, oh, it's it's in town. See you later. Bye. You know. Yeah. He calls up his uh, uh, fiance. Well, mm-hmm. so they were about to announce that they were engaged. They had mm-hmm. just gotten engaged, and their plan was to announce on Christmas Day that they're engaged now. And then, um, but they go to the Zodiac Club. We can go back and talk more about specific details. But they go to the Zodiac Club, and she has a panic attack basically, and he leaves with her. And then they they're like, we should just get married. <laughs> Uh, which I was like, cool, very normal, (laughs) (laughs) intensely normal thing to do. He visits Gil's shop one more time and she decides to actually put like the real witch, you know, the witch spell, the real kabam on him, (laughs) Um, which this is another time that I was like, oh, I think this is a slightly different cat because she picks up Piwacket and she's, it's a very famous 
image. It's her looking straight down the barrel of the camera and the cat also looking right down the barrel of the camera. And the cat has like intensely blue eyes mm-hmm. that I don't think the, all the other cats, cats did. No. Yeah, like I think they, they found like the most arresting looking, you know, cat to do this. Siamese, yeah. So she's kind of like humming this tune and he's talking and he fade his dialogue fades out in the background and the whole time he's <coughs> allergies. You might be allergic to your cat, which is like a running gag kind of. Yeah. And she's like humming this tune and he's going to leave. And then he's like, but he is like literally bewitched by her now. Then they kiss. They spend the like evening together and he like comes to they're on the roof of the Flatiron building. <laughs> I love that building it's, too. I mean, it's a great building. It's a famous oh. building. For anybody listening, if you don't know, it's it's that big triangular building that is in every movie set in New York. It's like there's I always a shot that. of it. Yeah. He's just like, Where are we? And she's like, We're on the roof of the Flatiron building. You said you wanted to whatever, see you wanted to go outside. And he's like, Oh, we couldn't find a closer building. And she's like, well, we tried the Empire State, but they wouldn't let us up. He's like, didn't we knock? And she's like, we did. And she's like, you don't remember last night? He's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> but, but he doesn't. No, basically he says, like, I only remember you. That's all. I remember being with you and being in your presence. Uh, yeah. But he then he throws his hat off. Takes his I hat thought and... it blew off. No, I think he throws it. I thought it blew. I'm pretty sure he throws it. He's doing a little Mary Tyler Moore. I have to check that because he's gonna I, he's I gonna thought, make it after I all. Thought, and he throws I thought the it hat. was like the magic in the air and no, everything, no, and it no. took his hat. It. No, he throws it. And I actually thought that uh, Jack Lemon was gonna pick it up on the street for some, for some reason because well, he was out playing with the lights. Yes, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they follow. It's a great shot. They yeah. follow the hat the entire way down from the roof of the Flatiron Building through the air until it lands in the street. They would ne- like never do this now. You yeah. get like a kind of long shot of the hat like falling, but they would never follow it all the way down to the ground. Mm-hmm. There is a guy like in the background that I really thought that guy was going to pick it up. Also, later Stewart has. I guess it's a different hat. He, but... Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's wearing a different coat, so he was a well dressed man. Right, so, so he it... would have several, you know, to go with his different ensembles that makes sense yeah i guess threw the hat away and i have to throw the coat away now <laughs> i can't wear this. nothing matches this coat and throw it. <laughs> gotta go up to the top of a building and throw this away <laughs> maybe he's just so because he's a publisher he's got money like maybe he's just so rich he's like isn't this how you throw things away <laughs> <laughs> well he he's bewitched by her yeah, that's yeah. why I think the, the it's hat not the wind. You're, I, have to, I don't know. You're I ascribing to... a lot to like Mano. <laughs> it's not we'll happening. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure he does like a. Oh, he throws it. Well, 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 I don't need this hat at all. <laughs> you like my Jimmy Stewart impression? I do. <laughs> it's doing me Crack a lot of good. Yeah, good. <laughs> it's a very bankable impression. <laughs> in 2023. <laughs> what? I found a, a site for voiceovers. You should call the, or go to the website or something. You get paid. Yeah. You're good. I'm fine. You're good. You're, you know, you could do Beavis and Butthead. Oh, yeah. For, <laughs> the, for the, the money machine. will come rolling right in. You're wonderful. Wait, you can do Beavis, Butthead, and Jimmy Stewart <laughs> in this economy? <laughs> She clapped for that callback. <laughs> oh, that was good. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I try. Uh, <laughs> oh my. Okay, so when they first met in her in her store, and they're making you know 
small talk pleasantries. What do you do? Oh, I'm a publisher. And he sees that she has a book on her table called Magic in Mexico. Yes. And, and yeah. he's like, oh, Magic in Mexico. She's like, oh, did you publish that? He's like, no, I wish I had it sold. What is he say? Better than the Kinsey Report. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That was a big 1950s. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Anyway, she says like, oh, I, I don't know the author, but I might know someone that does. You know, maybe I can put you in contact with him. He's like, that would be great. Yeah. So she does that. Um, they, it's like I said, it's Christmas Eve, and they go to the Zodiac Club. He he goes with his he goes like I said. I mentioned that before. Oh, he went with his mm-hmm. fiance, and but she has a panic there. attack and leaves. So uh, when Gil and um, I keep want to call him Jack, but it's not Jack. It's Nikki. Uh, Nikki, yeah, yeah. yeah. When Gil and Queenie and uh, Nikki come back, they exchange gifts, and um, Gil's present to her is. Uh, a, a tincture that you can that basically like you paint on an image of somebody you want to summon and then you burn it and they will you know find their way to you right. so she tears out the author photo paints it throws it in a bowl and lights it and it's this huge green flame right. <laughs> yeah. and it's great and and jimmy stewart comes in from outside he's like i saw this like crazy green flame i just want to make sure that the store wasn't on fire <laughs> and they're like no, and they're all so fucking weird yeah, yeah <laughs> they're they just are. standing there like around a bowl full of green fire and they're like hi (laughs) and he's like that looks weird and they're like yeah it's just a thing we do (laughs) and jack lemon's not helping (laughs) he's like he's standing there again like like he's like staring through him (laughs) like he's like so intense it's very funny it's like jack lemon's very funny in this he is and like he's it's not like he's not in it but like he doesn't have like big comedy moments he just makes all these little things really funny Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so and they're like, oh, it's just a, uh, you know, it's a party game we like to do, <laughs> super normal. <laughs> and then, meanwhile, Jack Lemon brings like a pot full of like a teapot full of water, you know, and he's like pouring it in the bowl to put the fire out. Like, oh yeah, this is how we do it. <laughs> All this is totally normal and above board. <laughs> but so that spell summons the author, and the author is Ernie Kovacs playing Sidney Red Redlich. Terrible name to say, Redlich. Like a day or two later. Redlich is in Shep's office, like waiting, waiting right. to meet with him. He's like, "Yeah, I don't know. I was, uh... <laughs> and I'm not. This is not me. Like, this is basically his performance of it. He's like, "Yeah, I don't know. I was in uh, Acapulco, and uh, I thought I should call you. I don't really know you, but and I was gonna call you, and then I just thought I should just come here. <laughs> like that's kind of how he delivers it. And it's like, again, at first I was like, oh, right, he's bewitched. Like that makes sense. He's kind yeah. of like hypnotized, like." He's like, I don't know, it's weird. But then the rest of the movie, he's still like, he's like, yeah, I was thinking about making another book. This one's called, uh, you know, Voodoo in the Virgin Islands. Do you, you want to publish that? And he's like, no. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, it's all very, it's really good. Um, he's a big guy. Yeah. Big guy, Ernie Kovacs, like big broad shoulders. And he's got this like mustache and these little like, yeah, these little beady eyes. And he keeps like popping them every once in a while, like looking at whatever it's a it's a fun fun performance and he wants to meet with shep and he's like i have a new idea new book kind of a sequel to magic in mexico it's called uh is it called magic in manhattan is that what i think i think that's what he said it was something yeah magic in manhattan and he drops some very important uh you know witch knowledge on shep at this point Mm -hmm. that witches cannot cry Mm -hmm. cannot blush and the zodiac is their headquarters right (laughs) (laughs) and he's like he's like oh the zodiac like downtown that one like on whatever street and he's like yeah you know it and he's like yeah you kind of do <laughs> and again chef's like perfectly normal and he says the basement is their headquarters yes the basement is their headquarters at this point with chef he has 
randomly bumped into the woman that owns the business on the first floor of his apartment. Uh, or she was at the club. He and his uh, fiance showed up. His fiance has a panic attack, which I want to talk about in just a second. And then when he talks to his, you know, downstairs neighbor again, they, you know, he falls madly in love with her. They spend the evening, you know, like didn't. he can't even remember. Right, he can't remember <laughs> trying to find somewhere to throw his hat from, and goes to his fiance's apartment, ends it with her, goes to work, and this guy shows up and is like, "Yeah, I don't know why." But I came all the way here to pitch you my new book. Also, that club you were at last night is the headquarters of all witches. And he's just like, oh, okay. Again, nothing weird. <laughs> well, he doesn't believe him. He yeah, but I like, like it doesn't even ping yeah, his radar yeah. at all. Like, huh, maybe all the strange things that have happened in 24 hours are related to witchcraft. He's like, nope. So yeah, the, the Zodiac Club is great. When we first see it, we're inside because we're with the witch group. We're with Queenie Gillian and Nikki's playing on stage. He plays bongos, <laughs> which I wanted to get to the whole time. Jack Lemon playing bongos is he's making a meal out of playing bongos. Like it's all facial acting and him like booty dop dop to do dop dop like tapping on it. But his like face is this bit. It's like like Laurel and Hardy, like big smile. Like mm. he's like, look at me, bongo. Like it's so funny. And the place has like a big mural of like the cosmos on the wall. And there's big uh, cutout things of the various like astrological signs. It's like a big Sagittarius over hanging on the wall over here and stuff. They're talking. We cut to Shep and his fiance, who is um, her name is Merle Kittredge, and she's played by Janice Rule. And she, he and Merle are outside. And he's like, it's around here somewhere. They said it was like you know this this part of the town or whatever. And he's like, he's wait wait wait. Do you hear that? It's drums. And he like <laughs> crouches down. He's moving snow off the sidewalk. And they've got that like. Um, like those, it's sort of like the the blocks, the glass blocks. Right, but, but it's, it's like the circular glass, like, like for, it's got metal and it's got, yeah, like yeah, whatever. It's like yeah, it's like flooring. You yeah. can walk on it. And yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it's like thick glass. It's mm-hmm. got this green light. All the witchcraft in this is green. Every time there's like witch shit, it's green. <laughs> Which I think is fine. I just yeah, was wanted yeah. to point that out to the listeners. But yeah, it's got green light coming out of it. And he's like, yeah, there's just drums down there. And, and he looks and there's like an arrow painted on the sidewalk and he keeps kicking the snow he's like all right follow the, the line okay and it goes up around a corner and there's the zodiac club little neon sign in an alley and he goes up the doorway's all painted with zodiac symbols guy opens the door <laughs> he's got a turban on he's like hello and he's like you is this a zodiac club can we come in and he's like he's like what is your birthday you will be allowed in if the stars are favorable and uh he's born in uh march i remember he's a pisces yeah the guy says um Sign of the, the sign of the fish, <laughs> and then he like shuts the little. It's like uh, the Wizard of Oz. Like he opens like yeah, the little yeah. window, <laughs> pokes his head out, then he closes it, and then he goes and opens the door, and he's like sign of the fish, <laughs> which I yeah again like it's nineteen fifty eight, so I guess not everybody knew their astrological, astrological sign. Like it wasn't a thing like it is now where everybody's like oh yeah. So he was like oh I'm the sign of the fish. That's great. I guess <laughs> like um, yeah, and they go in and they sit with uh, you know Gillian and Queenie and. And eventually Nikki comes over, but they're they're talking and Gillian knows Queenie from school. Yes. And uh, you understand that they have a very contentious uh, catty relationship from back then because, you know, Gillian's a witch and is therefore weird. So she like never the thing that Merle says is she never wore shoes. And she's like, oh, you were that girl that never wore shoes. And Gillian's like, that's that's right. And then somebody told the principal and I got a, you know, demerit or whatever for it. And it's just very like, hmm, I oh, wonder who could have done that. And it's clearly Merle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Gillian's like, remember all those uh, thunderstorms? And Merle's like, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. They just they, they really freaked you out, huh? 
and so as this is happening, the band gets like louder and louder and closer until they're literally standing right behind Merle, like playing like brass and horns, like into the back of her head. <laughs> and the lights start flickering like a thunderstorm. And Merle's just like, I gotta get out. I gotta, get out, I gotta go. And she just like leaves, storms out. And, you know, Jimmy Stewart's like, oh, okay. I have, uh, very nice to meet you. Goodbye. Which I just thought was like so funny. Like mm-hmm. everybody was like, oh, we're, we're going to witch torture this <laughs> awful woman. So yeah, th- th- then is when Shep, hooks up with her at her place and spends the evening trying to find a building to stand on top of. Then he decides he has to end it with Merle, takes a cab ride. And the whole way there, he's like, they've in his inner monologue of him thinking of like ways to break it off. <laughs> it's just him. Ways like, he can be terrible. He, he's yeah. been terrible. Ways he's like, yeah, the excuses to give her why she wouldn't want to marry him. Right. Right. And it's just like, you know, going through, and he's like, I do, I snore and I eat, what is he? he says he eats, oh, I eat radishes. He's like all these like weird, I was like maybe in 1958 that was a deal breaker and so it's just like cycling through these things as he like takes the cab ride goes into the building goes up to her door and when she opens it and he's like and another thing I snore or whatever and that like, was what he said yeah and she's yeah. like what are you talking about yeah he he breaks up with her she says like are you uh, jilting me because this is you know 58 language is different but she's like are you <laughs> jilting me he's like I prefer to think of it as an uncoupling and I was like both of these phrases are great. Doesn't he say something about she jilted her, she was yeah, he's, with somebody else? He's Is like, that later? No, or? it's that conversation. He says something about like, oh, well, look, think of all the things you can do now. You can travel the world. You can right. go back to your, uh, you know, ex-boyfriend. He doesn't say ex-boyfriend, but, you know. Yeah. He says, like, you can go back to whoever, the guy that, that you jilted. Uh, and then he's like, you can see he's like, oh, that was a cross. Like he says, he says it. And he's like, whoops, shouldn't have said that. Uh-huh. And she paints. So I think he says something like, you can work on your painting and whatever. And then. Yeah. And then, yeah, they split. But I th- I was just thinking for the, she didn't seem like to be a really good person. No. So how did he end up with her? You know? Well, she. He knew that she jilted her other boyfriend well, to be with I mean, him. maybe he didn't know it till later or May, whatever. Uh, Who knows? Yeah. But at one point, uh, I guess when Gillian is talking to Queenie, I don't remember exactly when, but she refers to, uh. <laughs> <laughs> to Merle as a bow snatcher. Oh, okay. So she had that kind of reputation. Yeah. But I okay. like, uh, again, like outdated. I like the outdated language. Like, oh, mm-hmm. she's a real bow snatcher. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. I love it. It's great. Oh, I'm glad. I'm going to bring these back. Uh-huh. Jilted bow snatcher. Uh, goblins. <laughs> Blaming phone <laughs> problems on goblins. Ah, oh, sorry. I didn't text you back. Goblins got my phone hey, again. You, that's already been brought back. Goblins? Mm-hmm. Okay. From um Those are gremlins before you say anything about gremlins. Oh. Was it gremlins yeah, right. or Yeah, it was gremlins yeah, under the bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought I was like she's going to say something about gremlins. She's confusing gremlins with goblins again. I am. I'm sleep deprived. It's true. The cat yeah. the cat's been keeping you up. I guess the next big movement of the film is like they're all kind of together um Ernie Kovacs and and Shep and like they're all and uh, all the witches is this at the office um no this is like later i think it's at his maybe it's at shep's apartment i don't remember exactly where oh, they okay. are uh-huh. but um you know queenie's there and 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 uh nikki and mm. and gillian and 
it's when they find out he's going to do the book about magic in right. Manhattan. Now, that might be a chef might be like, oh, you guys go to the Zodiac Club. Like, he says it's one of the hotspots for witch activity. You know anything about that? Like, it might be that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, that's funny. It's interesting. Well, Nikki works there. Anything, Nikki? He's like, oh, I can't imagine, you know, my <laughs> boss being a, 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 a head of all witches. And he's like, well, he's like, male witches are called warlocks. And they're like, oh, that's interesting. I definitely don't know that because I'm definitely not a witch. You know, they're doing that. And, um, Gillian tells Nikki, like, Redlich, Ernie Kovacs, he wants to interview, I guess she's the, bo- like, she's the owner of the Zodiac. That's Hermione Gingold. She's Bianca DePass, Mrs. DePass. Is that the woman with the big yeah. uh, glasses? Yeah, they go the, visit her in the third yeah, act. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's this, like, you know, very glamorous, like, you know, older lady, and she's, like, super kooky and weird right she's te- uh, the first time we're at the zodiac club she's telling like a guy sitting at her table uh she's explaining what the performance going on on stage is it's a guy uh singing in, in french, french. Yeah. and like <laughs> pantomiming this kind of like wavy like you know he's like wiggling his hips and doing the- and i was like oh I-, I thought he was like miming like a girl's hips you know that thing of like they would do the hourglass kind of shape mm-hmm. like in cartoons and things like look at this hot dame I thought he was kind of doing that, but she's explaining that the the song he is singing is a story about a man who was executed by being drowned, but he couldn't die because he was executed by a witch. So he was trapped underwater with no food, no alcohol, and no women. And she goes, and also, he hated water. It's <laughs> like, this is crazy as shit. It's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, she's kooky, I would say, is a polite way of... Yeah, yeah, definitely... Kooky. Redlich wants to interview her for the book because right. apparently she owns the club that is the hotspot of, you know, witch activity in Manhattan, right? Right. So Gillian's like, she tells Nikki, distract him, don't let him interview her, like, keep him as far away from her as possible. And at first I thought this was a, uh, like, cunning strategy on Nikki's part, but it's not. <laughs> Nikki's just, like, walking. He's like, oh, Redlich, I'll walk out with you. He's like, that's great. Maybe we can go somewhere. He's just got a full fucking glass of like whiskey or or scotch or whatever you know because he said he didn't care which it was yeah he kept saying like i don't care and like the this is yeah and the this is in the meeting at, at chef's office and chef's secretary keeps coming in she's like do you want soda or water and he's like uh surprise me or whatever mm-hmm. and then she brings him one he take you know drinks it all down in one and he goes was this soda or water and whatever she says it was water he goes next one do soda and she brings him and he downs one of those. Like, it's just like, oh, he's just a drunk. <laughs> yeah. So he has a full glass now, you know, at this like little get together at whoever's apartment. Yeah. Nikki's like, oh, I'll walk out with you. He's like, yeah, maybe we can stop at a bar. <laughs> and so they get outside and, you know, Nikki's talking to him. He's like, you really think there are witches? He's like, yeah. And he goes, what if I was to tell you, you know, I, I could, uh, you know, facilitate you meeting some of these witches? You know, would you uh, consider a partnership? And he's like, maybe, you know, he's like, I don't really need one. I'm pretty connected as it is. But, uh, you know, he's like, also, you're uh, you're nobody, which is pretty good at keeping all their secrets. He's like, right. But hypothetically, if I was able to, you know, <laughs> would you go 50 50? He's like, it'd have to be some pretty good, you know, pretty close to the source information. So Nikki has already shown that his favorite like party trick right now is turning street lights off. And again, when he does it, it's like a long shot of this like set that they're on as the street. And he goes like, ooh, and he's doing eyebrow, big eyebrows. And he's doing like, you know, stage magician fingers, waggling his fingers. And then they have this weird like. And then the light that they're lighting the whole set with turns green. And then he goes like, boom, and, you know, points his fingers and the light, the street light goes out. And Mm -hmm. he does it again, you know. 
So he's already shown he can do that. So I assumed that was what he was going to do. Like, yeah, watch this. But instead, a new gimmick emerges where he just sees like a couple making out hardcore in the front seat of their car. And he goes, here, watch this. And he points at it and the horn starts going off. And they freak out and they're like trying to, they're hitting the steering wheel, trying to get the horn to stop and everything. Ernie Kovacs is like, all right, but like. Yeah, he wasn't too impressed. No, he's like, all right, but like, that was luck. You just happened to pick a car to point at the instant their horn broke and beeped ceaselessly. And so then Nikki does it, you know, points again and it stops. And that's what really impresses Kovac. He's like, well, say. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, OK, he's going to show him he's a witch. My head, having not seen this since I was like a child. I was like, OK, he's going to lead him in the wrong direction away from the real witchcraft to like goofy party tricks. Like this is what witches do. We turn streetlights on and off. We fuck with car horns. We, you know, whatever, levitate a breadbasket, whatever silly shit. But like he's never going to let him near the actual witches. And then. Pretty shortly thereafter, we find out that Nikki is like, no, 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 like, I'm writing a fucking expose on <laughs> on all witches, including me and you and everybody. Right. And he's like, I'm gonna blow the lid off it because I'm gonna make a lot of fucking money. <laughs> I was like, this is a crazy, I like it, but it was like really crazy. It was a crazy swing for Nikki. Yeah. I like when they introduce Nikki at the club, they're like, oh, yeah, he used to work at a, an herb shop. <laughs> and Merle goes, yeah, I think he's eaten one herb too many. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that I really made me laugh. That, it's yeah. a good, it's a good yeah. fucking burn. She got your number, Nikki. Uh, <laughs> funny thing, later on we you see know the, those beatniks. Those beatniks. <laughs> so later on we see the herb shop. There's a montage kind of after this, after he and Kovacs become like partners on the book, right. where it's him. There's music playing, but he's like gesturing, like yeah, yeah, we, this thing and that thing, witches, whatever. And then it shows the herb shop, and uh, it pans down a list of things that the herbs will cure. Did you see that? Yeah. I well, have you, them all here. You can. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> so it says cures all ailments. And then here's the list. Abscess, anemia, appendicitis, bladder trouble, blood disease, boils, chronic cough, cramps, dizziness, lumbago, jaundice, hollow heels, eye trouble, female trouble, male trouble, milk leg, nervousness, <laughs> night sweats, sleeplessness, weakness, whites. That's just a problem. I agree. Spleen trouble. Qatar? C-A-T-A-R-R-H. No idea. Never heard of it. Wobbles. And the last one at the bottom, thrumps. Yeah, I saw that. It's like, what the fuck? What? This is your era. What are these? I, I, I wanted to know what hollow heels. heels. I have no idea. I don't know. Because a lot, of, a lot of things you see in, uh, you know, uh, in books that especially older books yeah. about, you know like what er herbs are good for this a yeah, tincture yeah, yeah. Sure. A, a tea or something yeah. and um those things i never saw hollow heels what's lumbago lumbago is is it a back or i'm not sure Let's it's look one up of those lumbago. diseases lower back pain a common painful condition affecting the lower portion of the spine okay okay i was right lumbago uh eye trouble female trouble Female trouble. Uh, Female trouble is pregnancy, men. right? Well, but no, no isn't it could that be, like it would be. It's a yeah. Isn't that like the something? It could be pregnancy. It could be cycle issues. Menstruation. Yeah. We have all the herbs you need to cure <laughs> menstruation. You'll never, never menstruate again. Well, Queen Victoria smoked weed recently. <laughs> 
Yes, it was on her Instagram for her uh, but like, for cramps. And, right. Yeah. What is milk leg? That's another one I've never heard of. <laughs> milk leg. <laughs> I swear I'm not making these is up. Is that people that have pale legs because they don't get sun? Oh, it's swelling after giving birth. Uh, night sweats. I got that. Let me look up Qatar. Oh, it's a buildup of mucus in the sinus cavity. I actually didn't think they were all real, you know? I, yeah. I thought they were just made up with, look, you gotta look up thrumps. <laughs> Alright, last one. <laughs> thrumps. This is not helping. It just says the plural of thrump. That doesn't... <laughs> Maybe that one's made up. <laughs> it says a thumping, rumbling sound, usually repetitive. But it says, like, the thrump of artillery... The example is the thrump of artillery echoing through the valley. Oh, well, that... Yeah, but... but Thrumps? Maybe it's like an inner ear thing. Maybe. I don't know. I might have it. Who knows? Because I was thinking of the list of things they had for sale, like bat wings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when, when, during this montage, when you see them, Red Lich is holding like a flattened, dehydrated lizard. I thought it was a turtle. No, I think it's a, I think it's a lizard. Lizard? Yeah. Yeah. Because it looked like a lollipop, like the shell, but it's very thin. Yes, I think it's a flattened lizard. Huh. Like lizard jerky. And then the, the owner, like, because he's talking to Nikki. Nikki used to work there. They, like, pull up a trap door and they go down into the basement under the... Right, right. And I was like, ooh, he's getting the he's getting the dirt now. So then all that stuff sort of comes to a head. Gillian confronts Nikki and is like, you absolutely cannot publish this book. It's bad. It's a bad idea. There's a drop line somewhere in there about how their family is from Massachusetts. They are of the witch-burning witches, mm-hmm. the Salem witch trial witches, like that era, that stock event, you know, originally. So she's, like, trying to drive home to Nikki, like, it's a bad thing if people find out witches are real and where to find them. And he's like, you're just jealous because you want the credit for uh, bringing Kovacs to New York. And she's like, that's li- that's couldn't be further from the truth. And he's like, oh, I know what it is. You don't want, uh, you know, Shep to find out that you're a witch. And she's like... Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, but, like, that's not what this is about. Yeah, I would think he would realize that it yeah. could be dangerous for him. No, I think the yeah, I think the idea is that Nicky is, like, he's a cocky young man. He's, yeah, and, and he's... He, he's on top of the world, and he thinks nothing can hurt him, and, you know, and he wants money. Yeah. That, la- that last book sold, you know, a ton, and so he wants to be on... Money know. would give him a step up, and right, then right. he could, yeah. He wouldn't have to play bongos at the Zodiac <laughs> Club. <laughs> Even though he seems to enjoy his work, so. Yes. They say if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life, so. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of when this all comes to a head. She does a spell that makes them their unpublished manuscript unpublishable. Like, everybody that looks at it reads it and is like, I hate this thing. So now they turn the manuscript into Shep, and Shep reads it and is like, nah. So he calls Nikki in for a meeting and is like, I'm, I'm going to pass on the book. Mm-hmm. Nikki's trying to reason with him he's like oh what why you know this thing that thing whatever and at the same time gillian arrives and um the the secretary is like oh uh it's like oh mrs holroyd mr holroyd is in right now with, with shep so she goes in and she and nikki kind of have a confrontation um it's very passive aggressive shep is still explaining like I, I just i don't think it's for us uh you know i i don't see any the marketability in it and he's like but you can absolutely take it to another publisher and try to get it published and nikki like looks at uh gillian and he's like i guess that probably wouldn't work would it gillian and she's like i suppose not Mm -hmm. because she's like i fucking witchcrafted it yeah um so nikki kind of leaves and she starts talking to shep and she's like i have to i have to tell you something you know i I, i've done something and i'm not proud of it and whatever and he goes 
did you commit some un-American activities? <laughs> Which, for people that don't religiously watch old television and haven't had to pick up, you know, the context for things like this, the House Un-American Activities Commission was, HUAC was a huge fucking problem is communism, right? That was yeah, the root of it? Yeah, uh-huh. Was it... It was. It was um, in Hollywood. It right. was. Uh, but it was communism from. It was. It was Cuba, right? It was like. Involved, I was. I, I was thinking of the McCarthy era. Oh, the McCarthy. Yeah. Okay. That's where I. What well, my head would go. Yeah. Okay. Because my yeah. my understanding. Cuba of, came later. Was later. Sixties. Yeah. With uh, Kennedy. With Kennedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I wasn't sure if this was like. I would early say that or yeah. yeah. No, I would say McCarthy. McCarthy yeah. yeah. Okay. So that was kind of a funny throw throw in their line that wouldn't really go over with a modern audience, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that um, uh, Nicole Kidman and um, Javier Bardem uh, playing Lucy and Ricky, Lucy and Desi, I mean, uh-huh. um, movie. I think it's just called The Ricardos. It came out like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty good. And that deals with... Is it? Yeah, yeah it's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got, it's got really good performances. Like, And I thought it was going to be really rough to by nicole kidman as lucille ball right and there's a couple of things where it doesn't work but she got the mannerisms really well uh like she really like yeah, yeah like she i think she really put the effort into trying to do like a, a good performance um it was good it was like not great but mm. um it's a it's a um aaron sorkin oh, okay. he's a yeah. screenwriter all of his stuff is very wordy and he's famous for the walk and talk because he would have these scripts especially for tv where he's trying to convey a complex argument both sides of a complex argument or an argument about a complex issue Mm -hmm. so it's a ton of dialogue so um that's boring when people are just sitting in a room and you're just cutting back and forth between two people talking that's like television you know people are like that's boring you Mm -hmm. you have to have them doing something so famously on the west wing and probably before that Everybody just would walk around while talking. These long monologues, like, walking through hallways. They're going down the hall. Right. It's like, that's much more interesting, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I mean, it does serve a narrative thing. Like, it always, it does make the audience feel, because they're seeing people moving forward. They're like, the story is moving forward, like, subconsciously. Mm -hmm. It it does help on a subconscious level. I just think it's silly that it's like, oh, you know, people having this conversation, stationary is boring. Same conversation if you're taking a little stroll is interesting. But that's, you know, how filmmaking works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a Sorkin uh, screenplay, so it's kind of wordy, and there, but but it's pretty good. Um, and it, do, it deals with, like, the the belief that uh, Lucille Ball was a communist sympathizer because she had gone to, like, it wasn't a communist meetup. It was a, like, artists meetup, but a lot of them were communists. Communists, yeah, yeah. So they were on the blacklist, and people were like, she's a communist sympathizer, or whatever. So that's kind of interesting. But anyway. I was just reading. But I digress. Yeah. But Gillian's trying to come clean to Shep that not only is she a witch, but she, you know, magicked him into falling for her. She, you know, tries to explain it to him. He doesn't buy it. And she's like, tell me about, you know, the night that we, you know, got together. Like, what? He's like, well, uh, you know, I came, I came by, and I was telling you about whatever, and uh, she's like, right, but what was I doing? He's like, nothing. You were holding your cat and humming a song. And she's like, right, and then what happened? And he's like, and I saw you. It was like the first time I ever saw you. And she's like, right. And she, it's the writing, you know, like they're, mm. they're talking around the issue. So she never just says like, right, that was a magic spell. I did a magic spell to you. Um, 
she's like right and she's trying to get him to come to the conclusion on his own but he won't you know he's like mm. he's like yeah it was, it was great i fell in love with you she's like it's because yeah. he doesn't believe it right so yeah when he says like did you commit some un-american activities and she says no very american early american <laughs> which is a great <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and i was like that's awesome because again yeah. salem massachusetts so she confesses to starting their relationship via magic um it's it's a great scene i, I guess it's this has to be from the play because he's up on a ladder his um, secretary buzzes him and is like the meeting with whoever is in a half hour or whatever you know she yeah. gives him some deadline so he has to go look up a book on his shelf for reference so he's up on his little like library ladder and he's like looking at stuff while she's talking to him and he's not giving her his full attention you know yeah mm-hmm. um but then they have the rest of this conversation with him still standing on the ladder like with his back to this like you know wall of books and i was like oh this is probably this feels like a stage thing of like you know you have a limited space so you have your actors like do a lot in this space and you light it a specific way and then you have them move over against this part of the backdrop you light it differently and it you know mm-hmm. makes it feel more dynamic it's like the walking and talking aaron sorkin thing you're you know using limitations but trying to make it seem fresh and not repetitive you know yeah so um because it just feels so weird mm-hmm. for him to stop looking for the book but stand still on the ladder and be like and he, he yells at her doesn't he or something yeah, he, well like he kind of is like when she says like yeah, that's what happened. You saw me as though for the first time. And he has this like realization like, wait, that was magic? And so he like turns around and he's like, that was it? And she's like, yep. Because again, they're not saying magic. They're not using Yeah, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, that was that? And she's like, yep. And he's like, ah, I don't believe that. Whatever. Okay. Back at the apartment, Queenie catches him coming home. And she's like, did Gillian talk to you? And he's like, yeah, Gillian, you know. And she's like, oh, she told you about, you know, and what she did with poor stupid Merle. And he's like, wait, what? She's like, well, yeah, they knew each other from school and uh, Merle ratted on her for not wearing shoes. So she conjured up a whole bunch of uh, thunderstorms to freak Merle out and give her, I guess, PTSD, which is like way more fucked up than you getting a write up for not wearing shoes. Like, wow. Like, wow. You know, OK, sure. And he's like, wait, what? Really? That's true. And she's like, yeah. And then, you know, and you. And he's like, what do you mean? And me. And she's like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said anything. It's just me. Kooky old, kooky old queenie. I, just, I sometimes just say stuff. He's like, wait a second. So she only went after me out of spite. Queenie's like, I gotta go. So then he goes down and he confronts her in her shop. And they, like, break up. And he's like, you know, that's... He's like, that's fucked up. You only went after me me out of spite. Well, I'm leaving and I'm gonna find... You know, I'm gonna move and... I don't know how I'm gonna list this place because I can't... I, in all, you know, earnestness, tell any... Advise anyone to live here. (laughs) With all your crazy bullshit, you know. You know, she's like, you'll be back. And he's like, oh, because of the witchcraft? And she's like, yes. That's what (laughs) we've been talking about. And obviously you're mad about it for real. Doesn't matter. And he's like, I won't be back. And he storms out, you know, and it's her shop opens to like, it's either a hall, it's either a the hallway vestibule. or it's a vestibule. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's another door to the street. So you see him storm out and open the other door and it cuts to her really quickly for like, you know, she like maybe sits down or something, some really brief thing. And then you hear the doors again and he storms back in and he, you know, he walks in and he goes, taxi. And, t- and he like looks around. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I was like, OK, maybe now he believes it. Because he's like, I just thought I was... And it's also, you know, this is a thing we, we see a lot in movies. Like now, dealing with magic or the supernatural or something. Like somebody walks out of a room and they walk back in. And they're just like, oh my god, I just left here. Like that kind of thing. And this is like, no special effects. Just like, you buy it. Because he sells that he thinks he's outside hailing a cab. Yeah. And it's just like, it's great. And it's like, yeah, you actually don't need any kind of like... Oh, we did a shimmery effect on... The, it's fine. It's fine. Just have Jimmy Stewart do it. Like... <laughs> It's great. So, you know, yeah. lo-fi and it works perfectly. 
Um, and it also having too much actual magic in this would like blow it. Like there's enough in it. We know it's real. Like yeah. the audience knows if when she did her, you know, spell with Pi Wacket, there was like magic waves or something like it would be kind of too like too much. You mm-hmm. kind of almost have to not be sure if it's magic or if it's just like the two of them falling for each other, you know, like for for the tension to work. Yeah, because otherwise you're bored as the audience and you're like just waiting for him to like wise up mm-hmm. this way. At the very least, you're like, I, can't, I mean, maybe maybe he's right. We'll see yeah. that. That's the whole thing about the movie. Right. I, I believe like that you're not sure whether she really loves him. Or if she was just looking for someone because she was bored. Right. And when they're on the top of the Flatiron building, he's like, do you want to, I forget what he, how he starts saying it, but he's like, he's like, whatever this is, do you want to keep doing this for always? And she's like, well, can you really do anything for always? And he's like, maybe some things. He's like, maybe this is one of those things that's uh, brilliant, but, you know, burns out. And she's like, I want to, I want to keep doing this as long as you want to keep doing this. And it's very like non-committal responses. Right. And that's because... As we later learn from Kovacs, witches don't, like, they don't feel love, they don't cry, they don't blush, they don't, you know, they're cold-blooded, kind right. of. Although they do make a point that witches fuck. Queenie makes them, she's like, hot blood, hot blood is allowed. And she goes, which you very well know. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, okay, you're, you're dropping kind of a lot on me right now, movie. <laughs> Not only are you explaining, like, witches don't fall in love, but witches definitely fuck. Also... Gillian has definitely told Queenie about her sleeping with Shep. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is kind of a lot right now, but okay. But isn't that fun to have that kind of, you know, suggestiveness rather than blatant? Yeah. You know, like, because you're like, right. hmm, did they or didn't they? And yeah, you, it's, you it's, know, you sort of. It's called writing. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, you can... It was an art. Right. Yes. yes. Which is dying. Yeah. Bring yeah. our I mean there's still, you know, back. there's still ambiguity. Um people I think unless you set a very specific tone in a film, uh the kind of language that, you know, you need to appropriately pull off like this kind of like entendre subtlety, you know, thing. People don't really buy it. Yeah. Um people want everything right in their face. Uh this is an ongoing conversation on this show, but yeah, like something should be flat out explained to an audience. Some things don't need to be. In fact, I think most things don't need to be. Mm-hmm. It depends on how your story is structured. Like you see a man like taking off his wedding ring and throwing it into the ocean. Yeah. It's like probably his wife left him. He probably didn't do that because they're on such good terms right now. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but then the next scene, it's like my wife left me. It's like, we know this. Like, why are you doubling down on it's show? Don't tell not show. And then in a couple of minutes, tell me anyway, because I might be stupid. <laughs> exactly. Right. And I don't I don't know. I don't get it. We, we have conversations about this all the time, but that kind of subtlety and entendre and, and euphemistic language like doesn't fly unless you've set up a specific tone, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. People just I'm online. I see people in movie forums discussing stuff like this shouldn't need to be explained. This is all in the movie. It's all right there. And I don't know how to say that to you without sounding like a complete ass. That was answered in the film. Whatever, whatever. This is, this yeah, is, uh, yeah. this is I could I could talk about this for fucking hours and it's boring. <laughs> it's just me complaining like an old old man. Kids today, okay. no understanding of fine cinema. Meanwhile, <laughs> flashback to me at like seventeen, staying up all night, being like, "I'll watch hey. Michael." 
the movie where John Travolta plays an angel. I'll watch that for a third time. Fine cinema. <laughs> well, sometimes you need to have, you know, steps, baby steps. You need to be able to, you know, I'm going to watch this like very serious film. I'm going to approach it, you know, in a serious minded manner. I'm going to like really think about the themes and the emotions and whatever. And it's like, cool. That was kind of heavy. I don't necessarily want to follow that with another film like that. Because, like, maybe I'm mentally taxed. Maybe I'm still digesting this. Mm -hmm. So now I'll put on Michael, <laughs> the film where John Travolta plays an angel. And I can just sort of turn my brain off for a while because it requires <laughs> zero brain. <laughs> you know, oh. shit like that. Where it's like, oh, this is just, like, on. It's fine. It's entertaining enough. It's the, uh, the spoonful of sugar to reference a film that Elsa Lanchester was in. Yes. That's a callback. Yes, it is. See, this is what I do. I should have been a late night host. You should have been. Should have been. Oh, here's a fun thing. Shep now believes that uh, magic is real and is the cause of all this and, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. He goes to Nikki and uh, Redlich. He gets them from the Zodiac. I guess it's Nikki's, because uh, Nikki would know. So I guess um, Nikki says, like, we'll go out to uh, Mrs. DePas. We'll go out to her house. She'll be able to break the, the mad spell. The spell. Yeah, yeah, spell. yeah. And um, so they, they get in a taxi and they drive out there. And she's got this, like, little ramshackle, you know, old, like, it was once a very nice house, but it's fallen into disrepair. It's just, like, it's very Grey Gardens, mm -hmm. which has been coming up a lot I'm on AEW Wrestling, which is the wrestling I watch. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a, uh, one of the, she was a former women's champion. Her name is um, Tony Storm. She's great. She's Australian. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Really good wrestler. Very fun. She came in as kind of just like a badass. Like, she's like, oh, I'm tough. You know, basic, very basic character. Uh -huh. She got the title for a while. She recently lost it to a former champion, Hikaru Shida, who I love. I love them both. But so now she has over the past like two months or so, eight weeks, she's like slowly degraded into this like lunatic Hollywood starlet. And it's like Sunset Boulevard, whatever happened to Baby Jane, Grey Gardens. Like, she always comes out in like, you know, like wrestling-ish clothes but with like something over top that kind of looks like a house coat uh -huh. it's never just a house coat it's all like custom you know stuff but it's like it's like a half see-through like almost like, like a negligee negligee kind of. robe you know yeah. with her like ring gear under it but she comes out and she's like holding it and her hair is always like perfectly done but it's in a style that mimics like having a bunch of curlers in you know like uh -huh. so she looks like this like crazy old starlet who can't let it and she comes out and she talks about like ever since i lost the belt everything's gone tits up and she's just like so crazy <laughs> and i was like this is my favorite gimmick right now uh -huh. is her acting like a, t a total lunatic this like faded starlet thing i love it it's great i'm very conflicted because i love tony storm i want good things for her i want her to get the belt again but at the same time, if she gets the belt back, she won't be, you know, little Edie from Grey Gardens anymore. And I want that forever. That's so good. <laughs> so. Oh, well, now uh, you're really conflicted. I am. I, this is good television. So, I, yeah, I decided because you text me all the time about baseball, which I'm not, you know, I'm not complaining. Yeah. I'm, I'm always interested. Like, oh, shit. Like, you're, you're like, they're up by six or whatever. I'm like, that's great. Yeah. And you're like, I'm down by nine. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, like, but I decided I'm going to start doing the same thing. I don't, you know, baseball's been more regular than wrestling is like a couple times a week but mm -hmm. i think if i'm watching wrestling i'm gonna be texting you like <laughs> well when you did like, that oh. i was like what does this yeah, yeah i know you don't know how these people are <laughs> like, but i don't know who any of the players are yeah like you're just like well, see and i try to explain no, that I know, to occasionally you. I, i'm very you're just like you're like ah oh, ruiz he sucks and i'm like who <laughs> 
doesn't matter. He still <laughs> sucks. <laughs> he won't suck less if I know who he is. <laughs> or whatever. It's usually pictures that I... Yeah, you're mad at the pictures right now. Which is fair. Uh, which is is just a bad, bad scene. It's yeah. just bad. We need a picture so bad. A good picture. Well, I think... I, I mean, from what you and others have said, like, we have some good pictures. They're just not reliable. They're not, they're not reliable. Yeah. When and, they and get in a groove, they're great, but... And yeah. their grooves are very short. Yeah. They're like one game. And then they're, they need like a week off. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They need more, and then they're... Yeah, they yeah. need more, more headspace. All right. Is, <laughs> well, that's Sports Corner. should mention for clarification, you used to really be into the Phillies when I was like maybe a kid. I know we went to games and stuff. I know even yeah. before that you were very into them. And then you kind of just like, eh. When, when I was little and um, the Phillies yeah, were going were to the little, World little. Series and stuff, right. like, we were, you know, we were watching the games and following them. But like this past year, you've been like deeply back into the Phillies, listening I, to all the games yeah, on the radio. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it's like super fun. I, I guess I'm bored. Like, I'm... Sure. But the point is, so from now on, I'm just going to text you about, yeah, about, about wrestling. wrestling. Then like, I'll, I'll have to send Beerman text and say, hey, Hunter. Who's Ricky fixed? Starks? Yeah, tell me who this is. <laughs> tell me who Ricky Starks is. <laughs> Don't tell Hunter. Uh, he'll think I'm super smart. Super, she's picking up a lot. <laughs> she must be reading the dirt sheets. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. So, <laughs> uh, so they ring the doorbell. At first I thought the doorbell at DePasse's. Yeah. Yeah. At first I thought it was a novelty doorbell because they ring it and... There's like a recorded voice thing going like, who's a fool? You're a fool. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, does she have a novelty doorbell? I was like, this is kooky. Like witches in this. There's a line where uh, Shep, not, where Shep says that the Zodiac Club was more Halloween than Christmas. And mm. I was like, I don't know how true that is. It's, it's, it's a beatnik club. It wasn't especially spooky. Yeah. You know, but I was yeah. like, sure. But the witches in this are mostly presented as kooky. Yeah. Like, they're just like, all eccentric. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all bongos and bare feet. And well, well, this know, lady who it turns out has a giant parrot. Yeah. But I, I don't think, I think that the Zodiac Club was more, um... Like the beatnik era was the counterculture. Yeah, it wasn't like the witches are kooky. I think it was more like they didn't follow the norm. Well, what's kookier than that? It's not kooky. It's pretty kooky. It's alternative. Right. That alternative is a newer word for kooky. No, it's not. Get yes, out of here. One hundred percent. No. Yes, if Nirvana had been around in nineteen fifty-eight. They would have been a kooky band. So what kind of music did you listen to growing up? Kooky. I listened to kooky music. Kooky rock. Oh, come on. <laughs> like surfing bird. <laughs> but yes, she did have, have a huge parrot. Yeah, she does. When he gets inside, then you see there's this big parrot. And the parrot's like, who's a fool? You're a fool. And I was like, yeah. But so she mixes him up a big old cauldron full of pea soup. She's putting, like, I don't even know, bat wing and shit in it. And Eye of Newt. Yeah, and, like, some eyedropper full of probably LSD. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, here, drink this. Well, you know, I thought <sighs> it was odd that she didn't, she mixed the potion. She had a bowl. She didn't pour the potion in the bowl and then it presented to him. She gave him the empty bowl. And then poured and it then in. Yeah, so you could see all the lumps, lumps in the, and, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's definitely like pea soup. And it's like, and it's green. It's green, <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, the whole thing's green. Big pillar of fire in the beginning is green. All the lights turn green. When yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's great. But that, that, but that was... doesn't happen when she does the magic spell with Piwacket. 
I don't, I don't remember any green lighting no. or anything. So that's another re- like the ambiguity of like, is it real? Is it not? You know, mm-hmm. is it just love? And then I guess it's designed to make you think, isn't love magic? What isn't? What's the difference? You know, like that kind of love is magic. Exactly. But yeah, I just thought that was really funny. Uh, the parrot's name is either Sybil or Cyril, but she like she's like his name is Cyril. And I was like, what did you say? Like, yeah, I think it's Cyril. I, I thought it might be. Yeah. Yeah. So the next day, I don't know if it's the next day. It's some time later and yes. uh shep is like moving out and he's got this big box under his arm and he's telling her like i'll never be back whatever and he goes here and he fucking opens this thing and he pulls out it's a broom of course it's a broom uh-huh. and he's like he's like i thought maybe you could uh you know use this he's like half broom will travel yeah and i was like i i was like really i thought that was childish it is it's very yes. petty yeah and then but then her line is she goes oh that's it a trip to, to the Brooklyn Harpy, a visit to me, and a final moronic joke, and away we go. Is that it? And I was like, good for you. Good for you, Kim Novak. You don't stand up for this bad comedy. Call that motherfucker out. He Okay, so Gillian, now she's mad. The broom thing really, really yeah. pissed her off. Because it shows a disrespect for her uh, and for witchcraft in general and... She's, she was kind of fine with him not believing it and it ending that way, but for him to be like, well, fuck you, you know, like, she's kind of like, well, you know what? Fuck you, too. She's like, maybe I'll enchant Merle and make her travel around the fucking globe with a transportation spell. And she's like, maybe the next time, the next person she talks to, some stranger on the street, some plumber, some gardener, some guy. She says, I'm going to put a spell on her to fall in love with the first person she sees. But she specifically says, a like, plumber. a plumber yeah. or whatever, whatever, yeah. The so, milkman, the, the milkman, yeah. yeah. So... He goes to Merle's to apologize and explain, like, oh, I was... And we, we cut to him, like, mid-explanation. He was like, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's true. It's real. Witches are real. Witchcraft is real. I was under a spell. And, and she's like, so you're, you're trying to tell me that, you know, Gillian Holboyd, or whatever, Hol, Holroyd, is a witch. He's like, yep. And she goes, she's not a witch. You just never learned to spell. And it's a bitch joke. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I was like, also good. When he leaves Gillian's shop she's looking all over for pie because she's gonna cast this spell so when he gets to uh merle's he's telling her like do you in the, in the past half an hour have you suddenly felt the urge to travel around the world and she's like no she's like painting yeah and she's like no not really and uh, then her uh maid comes in and is like you know ma'am uh the plumber's here or the exterminator or whatever it is and she's like oh let him in he's like no don't do it <laughs> <laughs> and she's like why and he's like you're gonna fall in love with him he'll you know he'll he'll woo you or however he says it she's like by all means, please send him in. Because uh, she's over, over Shep and his bullshit, which is also great. I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. When, you know, it's a joke. When the, it is an exterminator. Is it exterminator? And he comes in, he's got one of those big cans. I thought, what kind of problems does she have? She's, got the, like... she's got the spiders from arachnophobia. It's like John Goodman. <laughs> exactly. I was wondering about that. <laughs> but yeah, he's a big heavy guy. You get it? As who could ever possibly be wooed by this fat son of a Aww. bitch? That's the joke. Yeah. That's the punchline. Yeah. And as he walks by, uh, Merle goes like, ah! <laughs> which is funny. Yeah, it is. Um, and even though she sucks and she's a bad person, like, it's fine. It's fine that she's winning in this scene. Like, because mm-hmm. we don't want, you know, we don't want him to win. We don't want him to get convince her and get back together. Right. So, uh, yeah, I thought, but I thought it's really well written. She does it well. Mm-hmm. She plays like, I don't give a shit about whatever this nonsense is, you know. And she keeps calling him dear. And being like, you know, you're out of your mind. <laughs> Dear. Yeah, she's like, you're out of your mind. You know, like, whatever. So it turns out Pie Wacket was on the roof 
Uh, Queenie finds him, brings him down, gives him to Gillian. She's trying to, you know, like, we're going to do a spell. And the cat is not having it. And is like, and like, bolts, takes mm. off. This is the darker cat that runs across the room, runs out. Runs across out the street. Across the street. And it's like an actual, I mean, it's a set, but they had an actual car driving down it that stops. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. You know, I don't, I don't like, obviously, I, I, it, this is a no-brainer statement. I don't like animal cruelty. Great. I don't, right, no right. one send me an award for this. But a lot of times you watch movies with an, live animals in it. And like the way people are handling them is like, oh, that's kind of rough or whatever. You know, I, I, I don't like that. You know, mm-hmm. my biggest thing, because like with that, I just I chalk it up to like this person's not a cat person, not a dog person. They don't know how to handle this animal, you know? Yeah. But my biggest thing, my biggest pet peeve is uh, horses in war movies. Please. Mm-hmm. Because like, you know, a person, this is my, I've made this argument before, but a person, you can be like, all right, you're going to go 20 yards near that tree. There's going to be an explosion, you know? Yeah. But if they're on horseback, the horse can't, you can't convey that to a horse. Yeah, they trip them and, and stuff. Well, that's another they? thing. It's when the horse has to fall down in a battle, they just trip them. And it's like, yeah. They can then, break their right, leg. Right, they can break their leg, then... which is, that's it for horses. Right. They're either, mm-hmm. like, if they're lucky, they're just put out to pasture, like, literally, where they get to just, like, live out their life. Yeah. But sometimes they just put them down. Yeah, And I it's know. like, eh, maybe don't do that. Yeah. Um, that's why that movie, uh, 12 Strong, that came out, like, three, four years ago, whatever it was. It was, yeah. uh, uh, maybe it was more than that, 20, maybe it was 2018 or something, but... It's, uh, it's called The Story of the Horse Soldiers or whatever. It's about this uh, one group in it was Afghanistan who had trouble getting around the terrain until, like, these locals were like, well, you know, we have horses. Like, and there was this mounted, you know, American military group that rode horses into battle in the, you know, during the Afghanistan conflict in the 20th well, century. Why not camels? It was what they had horses. Like, that was what the locals used. They didn't have yeah camels i guess i thought camels were in that region. i don't know maybe it's not a, did you see the movie afghanistan <laughs> it probably explained it in the movie i reviewed it but i don't They're remember more what... like in egypt and and that area uh, camels. camels yeah 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 afghanistan the bedouins also... use them and i think afghanistan is more uh there's more like mountains hills yeah yeah things, it's cliffs. a different so I think terrain it's, yeah. yeah that's what i was thinking not but, flat surfaces not but yeah it's based on a true story and my big thing when i reviewed it was that they didn't use real horses for a lot of the battle scenes oh. they in fact built this elaborate crazy horse rig that like mimics the mm-hmm. gait of a horse mm-hmm. and then like when they had to throw somebody off it, they did that, and then they replaced it with CG. Oh, um, but they had, they had artificial horses in a lot of the battle scenes. The only times they were on, like, real horses were, like, not the battle, like, complicated battle scenes. Yeah. Or they would CG in explosions from, like, far away. But you could tell, because the horse doesn't react at all. <laughs> horse is like, yep. And there's just explosions <laughs> going off the horse, like, yep. That's where I'm going. <laughs> right, so. And I was like, I give the movie props for that. You can yeah. kind of tell that it's, like, a robot, not a real horse, like, in one or two scenes. They, they don't use it very much, but. But still. But I'm still, like, I'd much rather be like, mm, that horse doesn't look totally real, than be like, oh, I wonder if that horse fucking had to get murdered after this. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's a digression. But having this cat run across the street, I was just like, dear God. Like, because you see. It, the, was, it was scary. Yeah, you like, see the car I went, tires I had stop. the same reaction when I, and I was like, saw Jesus that. Christ. Yeah. Even though I knew it was a movie and I was like, right. you know, they have protection. Right. And, and they're trying to not do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh boy. Uh, Must have been a brave cat. They had to uh, oh, yeah. audition. <laughs> yeah. And we don't really see anything after that. You know, Piwacket like running down the street, mm-hmm. running down the sidewalk of New York. And uh, he goes to uh, uh, Shep's office. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Shep is now a total prick. 
after having um, had the spell uh, removed, removed and but not getting back together with his ex fiance. Now he's a miserable prick. He's got the window open. There's a breeze blowing. In. He's reading a manuscript, blowing the pages around. His um, assistant is dusting. And he's like, how many times have I mentioned this window? And she's like, oh, I'll close it. And he's like, no, i got to leave it open. Get some air in this office. And so he's just put like, and she's just like, I can't fucking win. Mm. And uh, he's like, oh, do, do this thing. And she's like, okay, uh, uh, you know, I'll do that as soon as I finish dusting or whatever she's doing. And mm-hmm. he's like, no, do it now. And he's like, because I told you to do it. She's like, you didn't tell me. She's like, you're barking. You've been barking for weeks. And she's like, I, you know, I can't work for you if you're going to be a coyote. And she like runs out of the room. And I was like. All right. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, he's being a real brick. And then Piwacket comes in through the window and right. is like behind him. And he's like, he's like, yeah, something, he something. Sneezing <laughs> he's uh, clearing his throat and he's like, yeah, whatever. And he's talking. <clears throat> and then he looks and it's the cat. So he puts the cat in his fancy trash can, which is like. It's like a wicker. Wicker, yeah. yeah. And he puts like some kind of book on top of it or whatever. And, and it then was I guess, a lid from a. So it, yeah. it was a nice bucket, oh, ice bucket lid. lid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's what it was. So he's got the cat in there, and they have a bunch of ADR'd, like, cat yowling. But the cat, it's fun, you know, I was like, like, because the cat is just, like, in there. Like, he picks it up, he puts it in there, and the cat's just kind of like, what are we doing? And, you know, he pushes the cat's head down, he puts the lid over top of it. And the cat's just sitting there, you can see it, but the whole time it's like, like, on the soundtrack. Yeah. I'm like, that cat's fine. Mm -hmm. It's a Hollywood cat. The cat's not bothered. He travels back across town goes to gillian's her shop is now like i guess it's like it's the same kind of stuff it's still curios and knickknacks but it's for like normies so it's all like seashells and glass like it's all like oh metropolitan you know shoppers might you know might frequent the store not weirdos they had these like italian ceramic flowers and things like that but a lot of seashells yeah that's what she even says like he's like a cat was across town at my office and she's like, oh, he's not my cat anymore. He's Queenie's. Uh, he broke too many shells. Mm-hmm. So then it's awkward for a minute. And he's like, how have you been? And she's like, oh, fine. How are you? And she <laughs> she gives him a sculpture, which is like the like glass flowers or something. Yeah, or or yeah. seashells or it's something. And it's, But it's this big thing. She puts it in the trash can. <laughs> to Take to this back it. with you. It's <laughs> like, I wanted to give you this. <laughs> it's like, for how long? No, you didn't. <laughs> you just saw it right here. <laughs> She goes, it's to pay you back for what you gave me. And he's like, I, I didn't give you anything, you know. And they both, clearly they still like each other. And she's like, you did. You gave me a great gift. You made me unhappy. And then she turns her back to him and starts crying. And he's like, I can't believe it. You can cry, which means you're not a witch. And she's like, yep, I lost my powers. That's why Piwacket's not my cat anymore, because he's my he was my familiar, but now he's Queenie's. So she has all the power now. There is a line early in the film where Queenie says that both uh, Nikki and and Gillian took to magic much earlier, but Gillian has all the power. Yeah, she's like, the strongest. She's the strongest, mm-hmm. and it's because she, I, it's implied it's because she has her familiar. Like he is a conduit. He's uh-huh. like a you know. I, I didn't. He's like that. a magic wand. Like yeah, he's, you yeah. Know, something through which to you know conjure the spells. Whereas Nikki just does like parlor tricks. Right. And the same thing with <laughs> Queenie. Just like breaks into people's apartments. Apparently, <laughs> who who she seems seems interested in. Reads their mail. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, his uh, his line, I, I misquoted it earlier. <laughs> she says, like, you have a nice apartment. He's like, thank you. May I ask what you're doing in it? <laughs> that's what his actual line Yeah, is. yeah, that's <laughs> really good. That's how she finds out he's getting married and yeah, all, this. all that. Yeah, all that. She's got all the info. Yeah. And she's like, oh, that must be the fiance. Like, when they show up at the Zodiac Club, she's like, that must be the fiance. There's a photo of her in a desk drawer or whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I was like, okay, Queenie, calm down. <laughs> she's like, I was doing a little snooping. I was a little snooping <laughs> online. I Googled him. <laughs> 
the like it's not quite the final line, but basically the the end of the movie is Shep saying, "Who's to say what magic is?" And that's the thing is like it, maybe it's love. Love is magic. That's but Ooh. we cut to outside. Uh, fucking Nikki and Queenie are staring in through the window. <laughs> fucking weirdos. And then uh, they turn and Nick turns uh, the street light off, off yeah. and then the next one off and then the third one all the way down at the end doesn't turn off and the camera zooms in and Piwak is sitting on top of it right right so Piwak is blocking his magic right and I was like that's pretty good and that's, yeah, that's the yeah. end and it does the same like, like you know noises yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah it's I good like it, it was really cute yeah it's a cute ending it is it's a cute movie yeah it is yeah, if somebody was looking for, like, a witch movie or something, that's not it, you know. It, it's just, it's it's a Hollywood romance. Yeah. It's very sweet. It has witches in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's a Christmas movie. And it's a Christmas movie. You know what? My I, mom, I, for her spooky birthday celebration, picked a very sweet old Hollywood Christmas witch movie. <laughs> I cannot believe that I forgot that. Yeah, it's the opening scene. Boom. Well, and you, you, know. you, you mentioned, like, down, uh, you know, before we started recording, that, like, you had forgotten it was a Christmas movie entirely and that you thought that Pie Wacket was, was a black, black cat. cat. Yeah, it was like, where was yeah. I? Well, those are the popular, you know, as far as I remember, this never comes up on any of those, like, Christmas movie lists. Not. Yeah, like they're the ones where they're like unconventional Christmas movies, like, and it's like it's like Die Hard, and like it's sort of like Gremlins being a right. Christmas movie because it, you know, it's set at Christmas, right? Yeah, and but this, I, 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 I mean, I'm sure it's on. I'm sure somebody can find a list that this is on, but like, I don't remember ever seeing this pop up on stuff. I had no idea till I put it on that. Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, oh, this is Christmas. Yeah, I laughed the minute it came up. Yeah, you and know? they're like, well, it's Christmas Eve, and I was like, all right. <laughs> I mean, like, we are going to do a Christmas movie this year. You know, we're going to do something around Christmas. But, like, we could have done this. Well, you, you know what it. I you know what I was thinking? What were you thinking? Oh, stop. Um, Something Wicked This Way Comes would have been a good Halloween movie. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it follows it the book fairly well. I it's haven't well seen made. it in a long the time. The movie, the, to my recollection, the movie is good. Yeah. Of, it is good. Um, I remember liking it. I, I yeah. It's been a long time. It's uh, Ray Bradbury. Well, I know it's Ray Bradbury, but I I was pleased with. I read the book first, and then when the, I saw yeah. I was able to see the movie, I was pleasantly surprised. It's uh, yeah, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Wow, mm -hmm. it's Jason Robards, Jonathan Price, Diane Ladd, Royal Dano. Damn, I definitely didn't know who any of these people were when I saw it as a kid. It's it's really uh, Pam Greer. Oh yeah. Pam Greer's in it. She is Dust Witch. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll remember. have to look and I know I had a copy. I don't know if it was uh... Well, too late now. Too late oh, now. We already recorded this one. The Halloween movie. We already recorded this we'll one. We'll do it for Christmas. No. We'll do it. We already we're all, <laughs> we're already locked That's for in. Next year. For next yeah. year. We can just do it any other time. It could be spooky you, anytime. You know what would be good to to do? The end now, of this show, the end of this episode, would be good to do. But I was thinking, okay. the Philadelphia story with yeah. Jimmy Stewart and Cary Grant, two two actors never had such fun dialogue. All right, so so you've been on the show. This is your third time. Yay! So you know what happens now. What now we vote? Was this a hate watch or a great watch or anywhere oh. in between? Jeez, let me think about that. Hmm. 
It was a great watch. It was a lot of fun. Get the popcorn. Bring the cats in. Dye the popcorn greens. Magic popcorn now. There you go. And tell the cats the story. Yeah, actually. Actually. (laughs) Before we started recording, my mom was talking to the cats that live in this house and explaining them the story of Bell Book and Candle. So why don't you why don't you do give us a version well, I, of that now? They were both looking at me like, "Oh, you're back," and I said, "Yeah, I'm here to do a podcast." And I said, "The movie is about a cat who's magical, and his name is Piwacket, and Piwacket is very smart and does all kinds of things and uh, changes people's lives." And goes out windows and sneaks around and he's in the snow and he has a lot of fun. And the cats were looking at me like, hmm, maybe we should try this one day. Well, you're you're lying right now because I heard you and you told the cats, he's a cat. (laughs) And he rings a bell and he reads a book and he lights a candle. I did. <laughs> um, yeah, we should mention the title is another thing that uh, Ernie Kovacs drops. Uh, that that is how yeah. you exercise a witch's powers: ring a bell, close a book, and snuff out a candle. That's um, right. And when uh, I believe it's when Shep agrees to publish his book, the Magic in Manhattan, he's like, "Oh, let's have a drink, a toast," and the toast is "Bell, the book, and the candle," and that's how they. Yeah, yeah. So they're cheers. And I was like, oh, that's fun. Because, mm-hmm. like, the trailer for this has Kim Novak standing, well, she appears, poof, magically, in, uh, behind a table with a bell, a book, and a candle on it. So I assumed they were going to feature at all in the film. Mm-hmm. There's not a bell to be found in this whole damn thing. That's right. There's probably candles I wasn't really paying attention. There's definitely books. Yeah, I was looking for a bell. And for anybody who was, um, I, I, meant, I meant to mention this earlier, uh, Piwacket, the name Piwacket. Uh, was one of the supposed familiars of an alleged witch accused by the Witchfinder General in 1644 in Manningtree, Essex, England. Well, yeah, uh, I agree. This is a great it watch. I had a lot of fun movie. with this. I haven't seen yeah. it since I was a kid. I, I remembered bits and bobs of it. Right. But, like, I don't remember the Zodiac Club. That was not a thing I remembered. Kind, kind of mostly, like, the latter half. I, for some reason, thought you would remember the Zodiac Club. No, yeah. As I, a little kid, like, because it was, yeah, yeah. you know, loud. Seems and, like the kind of yeah. thing I would enjoy. But no, mm-hmm. no none, of, none of most of the first half of this, like, was familiar, really. I kind of remembered them, like, going out to uh, Mrs. DePass's uh, like house the parrot <laughs> but no i didn't remember the parrot but i thought that was more of the movie uh solving the the you know spell put on him it's literally it's just the one scene he drinks the yeah, pea soup yeah. and he's fine i was like and it was over i was like that was it like in my head that was more of the movie i don't know why but yeah well don't feel bad because i thought it was yeah. a black cat and i thought it was nice and halloweeny not at christmas <laughs> like ah like they all go to zodiac club and they smoke sweet ganj and they're like happy halloween baby and then they play the the bongos in a cool uh, counterculture way that was fun <laughs> but no this was this was good it's very sweet um very cute and yeah it looks great like we, we uh, met, i talked earlier in the, the recording that it won or it was nominated for uh costuming and set design yeah, art direction yeah. and and the art direction's really fun like i said like i don't know what 
exactly what constitutes art direction if it's ju- if it's just the lighting and you know I set w- design. I things. was wondering if set design with her shop and her shop is yeah great. Is, uh, yeah, her shop is great. All the masks are to. like awesome. I would mm-hmm. like any of those masks. Those masks are all I know cool. they were yeah. But the layout of the shop and and mm-hmm. there's a couple great shots in this. I mean, there's there's fun stuff like Nikki turning the street lights off and you know all that. But that shot of him throwing his hat off the the roof it's just great it's i'm just gonna a... get when i go home i'm gonna watch it tonight yeah, and i want to see whether he threw it or the wind blew it because yep. that's gonna drive me crazy yep. <laughs> well that's how i remember it but yes everyone should take a peep and watch peep, peep it <laughs> peep it mom says to peep this film uh, <laughs> i agree it's as as of the time of this recording it's not currently streaming but i hope as we get closer to Halloween, that that will be uh, or Christmas, or Christmas that, that somebody will uh, amend that. Yeah, I did read a thing when I was looking up, like why isn't this streaming? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a rumor that it might be uh, <clears throat> getting a Criterion release, so they might have secured the streaming rights until after the release. Oh, okay. Thank you for suggesting this. You're I, very uh, welcome. I'm glad. And and you have my copy here somewhere. You say that. I gave it to you. I'm we have three good. copies now. One missing in action. I'm pretty good about it. Hunter bought me one, and he has one. Yeah, I bought myself a copy because so I don't have it. one here. Mm-hmm. My mom swears up and down that she left it here. I, le- I, I gave mine to you. I don't recall that. I do. I know where all the... Th- I know I can go right now. I can do it right now. Go get about Schmidt, the drop of a fucking hat at the throwing your hat off the flat iron building. I can run downstairs <laughs> and grab about Schmidt because I know exactly where it is. Because why you loaned would it you want to do it? Because you loaned it to me. That's well, a horrible movie. It's, it's not good. <laughs> not Alexander Payne's finest. Not Jack Nicholson's finest. No, not Kathy not, Bates' finest. It's not anybody's finest film. Oh, but I did watch The Paperboy. That's a future episode. <laughs> couldn't sleep the one day i was like well my mom left i couldn't sleep and it was super early so everybody was still asleep yeah i was like all right i'll watch something downstairs but i'll i'll just grab from what's down there and i was a paper boy never saw that put that on i was like the fuck is this he's <laughs> fucking crazy <laughs> i can't even it's a future episode we'll talk about it in the okay but um but like when somebody loans me something i oh. put it in a very you know special you know away from everything else place so that i don't lose it so well, I had, gave you this by itself. So if you had given not it to with me, several. So if you had given it to me, I would have put it with those things. Anyway, it was magic away. But anyway, you'll find it. You'll find sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. It definitely exists. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you for taking time out of your uh, my busy, busy schedule. baseball schedule. I know baseball. The, today's game is four twenty. Because <laughs> remember, this is October. It's October. 8th. Oh yeah. So. Um, thanks Sorry. very much for, for coming over and talking about this film with me. I had fun. Good. I'm, I'm going to buy a pumpkin on my way home today. That's good. Make <laughs> and some carve pie. it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I probably should have done this at the beginning of the podcast. If this is your first episode of Hate Watch, Great Watch, we hope you enjoyed it. You can visit our link tree, which is uh, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash H-W-G-W. That's where to stream any of the movies that we're currently talking about, where to get the episodes on Movie John or um, anywhere that you get podcasts. You can contact us. You can support the Movie John Patreon. You can support our various friends and guests endeavors, the South Street Art Mart or Tina's Photography, etc., etc. We're always adding links because 
It turns out link trees are kind of infinite, and I can just keep putting more links on. So that's fun. And yeah, thanks for everybody for listening. I hope you had a good time. And watch the movie. Happy Halloween. Merry Christmas. And happy birthday, Mom. Thank you. I had a lovely time. Me too. Bye. Goodbye. In my my news feed today, I uh, oh no, I think I went to uh, to YouTube. That's it. I great. I yeah. This is the story so, starting off real cool. So <laughs> so um, <laughs> there was a, a thing about a, a guy there. Oh, so it was like proof about good uh, good foot, big good foot. good foot. <laughs> about hey man, it's me, good foot. <laughs> I was going to go to Burning Man, but it sounded like it was a bad time this year. So I just stayed, got high in my garage, and set off a bunch of fireworks. It's me, your old pal, Goodfoot. This has been a movie, John.